0: What a delight for me to be with you today and have the opportunity to open God's Word and worship Him through preaching and teaching the Word of God. My thanks to Pastor Tom and the church leadership for giving me this privilege of coming and standing before you and opening the Word of God and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And I pray that our time together will indeed be a great, great blessing to you as well as to me. You should know, excuse me, that Pastor Tom has been bragging about the intellectual astuteness of Fox valley church congregation so as i stand before you this morning i need to verify his bragging (laughs) by a show of hands how many of you have picked up on the fact that i am (laughs) african-american very good he was in fact right you are intellectually astute In the African-American community, there's something that's called talking back to the preacher. And for some reason, what I'm about to say now may be somewhat anticlimactic because I have felt a sense of being back to my home church among the African-Americans who speak back, talk back to the preacher. Now, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, talking back to the preacher in the African-American context means that when the preacher says something that resonates with your heart or something that just moves your very soul, you are obligated to say, yeah. "What, well, Diana, it's, I don't think I have to go to ride. I thought I was going to have to go. <laughs> Amen. You talk back. You say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Preach it, brother. Whatever the Spirit of God moves you to say, I'm here to tell you this morning, do that. Pastor Brad has been concerned about my feeling comfortable and at home. You want me to feel at home? Talk back to the preacher and we'll be good to go. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Oh, it's going to be all right. Let's pray as we open God's word. Father, these are your people, and I am your servant. And we are praying now that it will please you to continue to meet with us. We thank you for the praise team and the fact that they have taken us directly into your presence and we've had this unique opportunity of offering you our, our worship and our praise and our thanksgiving and so we ask you right now as we are in your presence as we kneel before you that it would please you now to speak to us from the word of God. And you will do so in such a way that when we leave this place, we will declare as those on the road to Emmaus when they met Jesus. And they declare, did not our hearts burn within as he spoke the word of God to us? And for that, Lord, we're thanking you in advance because we pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the people of God said, "Amen." and amen. The humorous story is told. Of a little girl who was riding her bike. And as she was riding along, she hit her head on a low-hanging branch of a tree. She fell down, she got up running and and running into the house and screaming and hollering, Mommy, mommy, Joey, hurt me. The mother, rather nonchalantly, looking up from what she was doing, she said, Sissy, your brother Joey is not even home. He didn't hurt you. He went to the store with your dad and then Sissy got this incredulous look on her face and then in a bewildered sort of voice she says you mean stuff like this can happen on its own anytime whoa life's a bummer (laughs) (laughs) somebody's where we're going today and we're gonna get out of it For indeed, saints, life can be a bummer, and yes, even the Christian life. Sometimes the branches of life clobber us. First a left hook, then a right uppercut, then from behind. And it seems as if we're under attack by an unseen enemy, and there's not one thing we can do to avoid it. Except we feel suffer through it. We feel absolutely hopeless and helpless. Well, let me provide some encouragement for you this morning with the fact that God comforts believers during life's tough times. That's the sermon truth. If you were to put the sermon into a nutshell, that's what you would say. God comforts believers during life's tough times. Now, for those of you who may want to push the the mood button now and take a nap, that's good too. Just remember that God comforts believers. Those who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he comforts believers during life's tough times. (laughs) When life's a bummer. He's there to comfort. And in Psalm 3, we we learn from King David's troubles that there are two conditions to our experiencing God's comfort during life's tough times. Find with me Psalm 3. Psalm 3 was written by David. David was the second of three kings of the nation of Israel, the United Kingdom. And in the background for this psalm, the background for this psalm rather, is found in 2 Samuel chapters 13 through 15, where we learn that life had been socking it to David. His son Absalom had murdered his brother Amnon because he had raped his sister, Tamar. And now Absalom, through his trickery, had won the hearts of the Israelites. And he had begun a revolt, a coup, if you will, to take over David's throne. And as a result, David, his wives, his children, his whole household, they had to flee for their lives. I can hear King David saying, even though I'm the king, life's a bummer. And so he writes, O Lord, how many are my foes? How how many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him, but you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud and he answers me from his holy hill. I lie down and sleep. I wake wake again because the Lord sustains me. Saints, God comforts us during life's tough times if if we correctly evaluate our situation. This is the the first condition to experiencing God's comfort during life's tough times. Correctly evaluate our situation. Verse 1 says, O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? To correctly evaluate means... Realizing our enemy's position, realizing that our enemies are everywhere. This was the realization that David had to come to. His son Absalom had rebelled against him, his faithful counselor Ahithophel had forsaken him, his generals and soldiers had all deserted him. Shimei, a fellow tribesman, had cursed and swore at David to his very face, talking about having some bad hair days. (laughs) Everywhere King David turned, there was an enemy. His enemies were causing him trouble big time. Have you ever noticed that trouble seems to come in bunches? Wouldn't it be nice if it just came one at a time? But troubles often come in bunches. My family, over the years, we've had our share of bunches of trouble. But there's one period some time ago that that stands out. In a period of just over a year, we experienced an unbelievable bunch of troubles. In June, our then 13-year-old daughter, Keontae, suffered a stroke. In October, my wife and I just, she stood up before, but isn't that a beautiful caramel chocolate woman there? (laughs) I tell her that all the time, and she looks at me, she looks as beautiful as she did 55 years ago when I met her. But anyway, So my my daughter had the stroke, and that was in June. And then in October, my wife, Diana, she had a serious auto accident, but for the grace of God, she would have died. The car was completely totaled. In February, I had surgery, biopsy on my tongue for suspected cancer. In August, our son, Jermaine, had emergency surgery at 2 o'clock in the morning for a twisted testicle. Saints, believe you me that during this period I could proclaim with King David, life's a bummer. I could complain, proclaim with him, O oh Lord, how many are, your, are my foes? How many rise up against me? But let's read on. Because correctly evaluating our situation also means realizing our enemies' suspicion. Realizing our enemies suspect that we won't be delivered. Verse 2, many are saying of me, God will not deliver him realizing our enemies suspect that God will not deliver us from the bummer of life that we are experiencing. Many times, our enemies taunt us. Your God can't deliver you. Your God won't deliver you, they say. Your God is a puny little wimp. This could have been a staggering blow to King David's faith. Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But no, it did not break, shatter his faith. But his faith stood strong. Realize, my brothers and sisters, that the enemies of the people of God have been making this accusation throughout the history of mankind. Your God can't deliver you, they say. Pharaoh said it about the Hebrew slaves in Egypt. Yet after 10 plagues and the dividing of the Red Sea, God delivered the Israelites. Your God can't deliver you, they say. King Nebuchadnezzar said it about the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When, they, when he threw them into the fiery furnace yet god delivered them unharmed nowhere burned your god can't deliver you they say the priest said it about jesus on calvary's cross and while he was on that cross he suffered and he ultimately he died and he was buried Yet early on resurrection Sunday morning, the Lord delivered him from death and from the grave. Your God can't deliver you, they say. Again and again, throughout the history of humankind, the accusation that the Lord cannot deliver his own has been proven false. That's a good spot to say, amen been proven false. They can say it, they have been saying it, but it's not true. It's been proven false. As a matter of fact, David has some first-hand experience. He didn't have to go on the testimony of somebody else. Your God can't deliver you. That was the attitude of Goliath just before one smooth stone from the super sling of David put out his light's Forever. And the little David was delivered from his colossal enemy. Your God can't deliver you. Although our enemies don't expect our deliverance, our enemies are wrong. Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But, oops, I'm sorry. let's, Let's have a little sidebar here for a minute. I thought for a moment that I was back at South Suburban Free Church where I pastored for 16 years. And the congregation knew there, whenever I would say, but, with a pause, they knew to say, Hallelujah for the butt! <laughs> I see some weird looks on some faces out there. <laughs> you see, but is a conjunction that holds opposites together. You know, for example, somebody walks up to you and they tell you, oh, I love that dress and the hairdo. Oh, my, you are looking good today, but. <laughs> okay? So you know that this morning, if I give you some bad news, and then I say, but, that means some good news is coming, and you will say, hallelujah, for the but. Oh, man, this is all right. I can come back next week if it's okay. (laughs) So let's, let's just go back here a minute now. Verse 2 says, many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Saints, that's bad news. But verse 3 says, but some good news is coming here. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. Saints, our enemies are wrong because our Lord protects his own. Somebody say amen. Amen. In the midst of deep trouble with his enemies everywhere, David declared his unshakable confidence in his God, the Lord God, Jehovah, Yahweh. He will protect me with his shield, said David. Now, if you put your Hebrew eyeglasses on for just a minute, you see that where it says, But you are a shield around me. And and the word here in the Hebrew for shield is not what normally comes to your mind. You're thinking holding something and sort of fencing off the enemy. That's not what it is in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, as a matter of fact, if we look fully at the verse we'll see what the Hebrew is actually saying because it's translated correctly. It says, but you are a shield, what? Around "Around me. So it's more than what's in front. It's like being in a, a plexiglass bulletproof bubble. You've got protection all around you, over you, and under you. It's complete protection. And that's what we have in our Lord. In fact, it says, for he himself is our shield. He is our plexiglass, bulletproof bubble, providing us with total, complete, absolute protection. Boy, I just get excited right there. I don't know about you, but I've been in some situations where not for the protection of the Lord, where would I be? So I have to say, Hallelujah, and thank him for his protection. Our enemies are wrong. Our God protects his own. Verse 4 says, To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy hill." Furthermore, our enemies are wrong because our Lord hears and answers us. Hmm. No, nobody heard me heard what I just said. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> our enemies are wrong because our Lord hears and answers us. Yeah. How would you like to have a God who does not hear, let alone does not answer? We should be jumping up out of our seats. Because our God not only hears us, but he answers us. He's not some wooden idol that can't hear and can't understand and can't provide us with an answer. You remember the story of Daniel, don't you? Daniel in the lion's den, excuse me, in the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel had been advancing in the administration of King David. Uh, king Darius, rather, the mead. In fact, David had been put in charge of one-third of the kingdom. And because he was so distinguishing himself, the king was planning to put Daniel in, in, in charge of the whole kingdom. Daniel's co-workers, his enemies, they were jealous. And so they plotted against him to bring him down so that he would not be put in charge of the entire kingdom. And so what they did, they, they, they got the, the king, Darius, to make a decree, to, to pass a law that says that any person who prays to any god or any man other than the king over the next 30 days will be thrown into a den of lions. But that didn't stop Daniel. (laughs) Daniel continued his pattern of going to his room and three times a day praying to Yahweh, the living God. And when this was told to the king, he had Daniel thrown into the lion's Then, see in your mind's eye four or five ferocious lions prancing around Daniel, who's on his knees praying. Hear the 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 roar of the lions, this frightening roar. But see Daniel with his head laying on one lion, and three other lions kind of draped themselves around him, keeping him warm. Daniel slept soundly. And pardon the pun in here, this was no little cat nap. (laughs) (laughs) He had a great night's sleep. And the next morning, the king found Daniel unharmed, not a scratch on him. The Lord heard and answered, Daniel's prayer. Saints, our enemies, suspicions are wrong because our Lord protects us. He hears and answers us and also because he sustains us. Verse 5, it reads, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. Our Lord sustains us. David's faith and confidence in the Lord allow him to lie down and sleep. Otherwise, anxiety would have kept him hyper alert, worried, and watching for his enemies. But... Isn't it bad news to lay awake all night in your room, worrying and frustrated about whatever's going on in your life? That's bad news. So I felt like we needed some good news. And so we'll do it again. (laughs) David could have anxiety. That would keep him hyper and alert and worried and watching for his enemies. But but he laid his head upon the bosom of God the Father and he slept soundly and restfully. He awoke safe and sound. His enemies did not overtake him. The Lord has sustained him with rest. Even with his enemies all around him. My brothers and sisters, will not the Lord do the same for us? Amen. When we are anxious, concerned, feeling overwhelmed by our tough situation, by, by life's tough Times, Remember that the same God who sustained David, the same God who sustained Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, the same God who sustained Daniel in the lion's den, the same God who sustained you yesterday, last week, last month, last year, is the same God who will sustain you today and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Somebody say hallelujah (laughs) and praise Him, because He will sustain us. God comforts us during life's tough times if we correctly evaluate our situations. Where did Brad go, bro? Brad, I was about to make a mistake. I was looking at the red clock. I said, I got nine minutes more. <laughs> but, 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 but we're good. Uh, come on now. Let me say this again. God comforts us during life's tough times if we correctly evaluate our situation. Many times, however, we can correctly evaluate our tough times, and yet our tough times continue. They may even appear to get worse. What are we to do? Could it be that our tough time is not intended to be a burden but a blessing? Maybe our response should be to acknowledge the blessing and confidently accept God's solution. And this brings us to the other condition. If we confidently accept God's solution. If we confidently accept his solution. That's where we have to leave it until next week, saints. I have been told I can come back, that I did okay and I'll I'll be back next <laughs> Let's pray as the praise team returns. Thank you, Lord, for the reminder, for the fact, and for the promise this morning that you comfort believers during life's tough times. Thank you for the reminder and the fact and the promise that while we will experience tough times, we will also experience your comfort. Even in tough times, when life's a bummer and we wonder what you are doing, the victory is still ours. It's not without reason the Songwriter wrote, no matter what comes my way, I will overcome. I don't know what you're doing, Lord, but I know what you've done. I'm fighting a battle that you've already won. May these words of the songwriter enhance our confidence, strengthen our hope, and give us even greater comfort as we navigate life's tough times and it's in the marvelous name of jesus christ our lord i pray and all the people of god said and amen